0: everyone, welcome back to the Ministry Leaders Podcast, episode 30. We're a podcast aimed at equipping local church volunteer leaders, pastors, and other ministry leaders to better serve their ministries and churches. It's been a while since I've done an episode, but I was reading Eugene Peterson recently and reminding myself about the subtle temptations that Christian leaders uniquely face. He's written helpfully on this, especially in his book, Under the Unpredictable Plants. And I thought this would be worth exploring because I know that these temptations are, are there and I deal with them as a Christian leader, and I'm sure that you do too, as do the other leaders in your church or ministry. In fact, I'd say that the more influence or authority you have in your church or ministry and the more you're involved and invested in it, the more you face these temptations. So what are these temptations and why are they so subtle? Well, let me first answer this by uh, just saying that there's nothing new under the sun. All human beings have been facing the same temptations in one way or another for as long as humans have been around, and Christian leaders aren't exempt at all from this. And a couple of the most common temptations that we all face have to do with ambition and approval. Ambition is about the corrupting nature of power. It leads to pride self-importance, and ultimately to elevating ourselves at the expense of other people. And this is the very opposite of Jesus's charge to us that we be servant leaders, that in his kingdom the least or the greatest of all, right? Approval, meanwhile, is about finding our worth in how other people feel about us, chasing their approval, their acclaim, rather than chasing what's right. And so this is about pleasing people more than pleasing God. Now, here's the subtlety of these temptations when it comes to Christian leaders. In churches and ministries, we are often expected and even encouraged to pursue ambition and to seek approval. So, for example, if someone walked into church and said, you know, my goal in life is to be really rich. I want to be a billionaire and, you know, live large, let's say. Or, or maybe they said, my goal is to have a million Twitter followers and be super popular and influential. Well, we might sort of question what their motivation was and whether they were being driven by godly motives or worldly motives. But now, let's say your church's leadership says, you know, we have a vision for our church to double in size in the next three years or to reach a thousand more people on social media or with our sermons or whatever. We might applaud them for their vision and their desire to further God's kingdom. We might even open our wallets and help to fund it. But here's the subtlety. It's entirely possible that what's lurking underneath that vision is that they've given in to the temptation of ambition. Maybe they have, maybe they haven't. Motives are hard to discern. That's why it can be so subtle. Or let me give you another example about ambition, or sorry, uh, approval this time. If a teen in your youth group really wants to be liked by his friends and so he starts using recreational drugs like they do, our red flags go up right away, right? But if his youth pastor really wants all the teens in the youth group to like him or to like her or, or the uh, wants the other church leaders to respect his or her youth ministry and that youth pastor starts making decisions based on that, We may not even notice that that's what's going on. Again, motivations are subtle. And and the problem is that when it comes to ministry growth and ministry success, motivations are seldom questioned at all. That youth pastor might be seen as super popular with the kids or super relevant, and we might praise them and encourage them, not realizing that all they're really doing is working hard to be liked and respected. Well, what happens when we as leaders give in to these temptations? And what happens when, instead of calling us on it, the culture of our church or ministry actually applauds us and reinforces us in it? Well, it's really simple what happens. People suffer, and God's voice, God's will, gets pushed to the side. First, people suffer. We, Or when we give in to these temptations, staff and volunteers get used Because we start to value them for what they can contribute to the bigger vision or our ministry agenda, rather than valuing those people for who God has made them and what God is calling them to do and to be. We lose patience with people's weaknesses and limitations with their humanity, their uniqueness, their idiosyncrasies. And so we seek to press them into the mold of what they can contribute to our program or agenda. And if they can't contribute or they don't behave, if we don't, if they don't get with the program, then we write them off as irrelevant or even problematic. And then second, when we give in to the subtle temptation of ambition or approval, we tend to grow less and less sensitive to God's voice. After all, we're so busy building God's kingdom, we have a vision to fulfill. And so we wind up working hard for God instead of working with God. Rather than slowing down to sense and discern what God wants to do and and how God would have us go about doing it and to bring other people into that process, we instead charge ahead with our vision of how God's ministry or God's church should be. Because here's the thing about God, God's ways are surprising and God's methods and strategies don't always line up with ours. Let me ask you, if you were in Jesus's shoes, would you have thought to do or to go about ministry the way that he did? The way he answered people's questions with other questions that left them more baffled? The way he hung out with sinners and tax collectors and poor people? The way he left town just when his popularity had grown there? The way he turned people away who wanted to follow him by raising the bar of commitment higher on them? Yet Jesus said he was only doing what he saw God doing. His ways were surprising and not always obvious because he was constantly tuned in to his relationship with his father and to the father's guidance. His father who who saw things that, that Jesus in his human nature, of course he had a divine nature as well, but that in his human nature on a human level he couldn't see. And so Jesus was was tuned into his father's guidance rather than just strategically and efficiently pursuing his own vision from a human perspective. So that's the first thing I want to say about the temptations that Christian leaders face and why they're subtle because Christian leaders face the same temptations everyone else does. But uniquely, we're often encouraged and rewarded when we give in to them. And if we can gather a bigger crowd or build a bigger ministry, everyone claps and respects us for it, even if it really has more to do with our own ambition or desire for approval rather than our heart for God. There's another temptation that I want to talk about as well, but I think this is a good place to end this episode. I think this will be a two-parter. So look for that coming soon in episode 31. Thanks for joining us again for the Ministry Leaders Podcast. If you find this podcast valuable, please share it with somebody. You can also help spread the word by subscribing to the podcast or leaving us a rating and a review. Bye for now.